Hallelujah. Oh, no, I'm just going on. But anyway, but uh, hey amen. Sometimes it pays to be hard-headed, and then sometimes it doesn't. And so it's according to what you're being hard-headed about. Man, if, if it's in the Bible and your word of God, you're right. Now, I think there's a right manner and way about standing for truth. We don't do it with 357s. You know, we don't blow up our neighbor's house because he didn't believe like we believe. We don't shoot his dogs unless they bite us. <laughs> you got permission to shoot my dog. If my dog bites you, you can shoot mine. Now, let me just put it that way. I cover that base. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you right now, if he's doing something, he ain't got no business. And we can't stop him. We're going to shoot him. And, uh, you know, they can deal with that the way they want to. But uh, that's just the way some things need to be dealt with. Praise God. And I'm supposed to be talking about complete submission. Well, I did. I submitted to give you permission to take care. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, anyway, this is a good lesson. Uh, we're going to learn some things. We're going to find the greatest example is our Lord Jesus Christ. There's some focus verse and key verses here, key statements that we're prone sometimes to just override, overlook. And shoved to the side. Again, now we know, and the, the writer talked about it some, and, uh, but uh, I, I could probably ask for a show of hands. How many here has a problem with submission? And uh, no doubt questions will probably begin to pop up and say, well, it depends on what it is. And not only that, we're going to learn something in our lesson today. It depends on who it is. It depends on... Uh, where they was raised and how they was among us and then all of a sudden to hold a position or claim to hold a position and tell me that I got to submit myself unto them and that covers a lot when you really begin to dig into it and uh, the writer focuses a lot on the parents and the Events that goes up to the very ending of it, amen, the very focused verses itself. And we're going to learn a lot from that. In fact, Luke, the second chapter, if you read it in its total, especially in the latter part of that particular chapter, there was two characters prior to the writings of Jesus Christ, amen, and what took place there that helps us to understand true submission. When life didn't go maybe the way they had planned. When life didn't turn out possibly the way they had hoped for. But yet both were willing to submit themselves until the course of the plan of God was fulfilled in their lives before, before they was willing to, to, as one, Simeon, to die and await it. And there is a discussion of her, uh, not a surety. We do know this, about 84 years, okay? Now, did she spend that 84 years? Some believe that was her age. Some believe that's how long that she tarried and waited. I don't think it really matters one way or the other. It's much longer than any of us in our time, our generation, our, our settings. We, you were not going to find many to wait that long on anything to continue to be in the temple praying and fasting 
and losing a husband after just a few short years and from all accounts, no children and nothing else. And so, but here she submits herself unto this call and, um, but there's benefits with it. There's recognition with it because here as this child in eight days of age called Jesus Christ is brought in by Joseph. And if you read back and studied that just a little bit, there are some key things that you and I should pick up on. One, Joseph is never related to as the father of Jesus at any point in time. Because he was not his father. Well, it does a lot of people good to pick up on that. And uh, you'll see that they was willing that as soon as he was brought into the temple, a man, both of these, recognized who he was and what he was going to do. A man, as they followed some customs. Now, we're going to watch that. Customs that had been going on now for not only hundreds of years, but thousands of years. That they had been instructed. And that's even what helps us. And the writer talks about the custom of the feast that they make this journey to. There are some traditions that even the, uh, the New Testament writer has warned us. The Apostle Paul himself. Some traditions that we need to hold on to. Uh, traditions are being under attack. There's some traditions. Not man's traditions. But God's traditions. What's in the Bible. That we're being instructed to hold on to. We should hold on to them. Doesn't matter what, how, how old or old-fashioned it may appear and seem to be, there's some things, that customs that you and I must submit ourselves to. What if our known world would have submitted and kept the custom of marriage between, between one man and one woman? We could have had a lot of trouble off, couldn't we? We'd have kept, kept us from ever even arriving and coming to the place where we're at today. Of uh, this discussion, a man of marriage between uh, partners. It blew my mind here, a marriage license I had signed here some time back, but now they got on the side there, you know, partner. <laughs> Goodness, where are we going? Where are we going? But uh, that shows that how far we're drifting from God and from the Word of God. We're raising generations, even in America today, not just in foreign countries. It was one thing to be done in foreign countries, but now even in America, we're raising generations and families that don't know anything about the Bible, anything about church. They don't have any customs at all about coming to the house of God of any fashion, any shape, any form. And then we have those, a man that's going to places, and so these are customs. That, uh, and so they're going to be ingrained. I, I talked to somebody just this past week, and... Uh, working on some of that area because things that have been ingrained into their minds, their heart, and their spirit. And the mind's a very powerful thing, but the mind, once it's ingrained with something, it takes something more powerful to, to cause that to be erased and washed out and some old habits. A man that's maybe contrary, that uh, some may tell them, well, that's, such, that's some of that old. And it's not that you're out to destroy. You can't destroy everything. The truth's true. I don't care what denomination it is. But yet there's some principles and, and customs that some denominations ingrain into people that has to be worked out and some of those are overcome immediately but some of them takes a little time so as we watch this it, and it here's the key if all of us any of us is going to make it 
even after experiencing the Holy Ghost, even experiencing the revelations of the true foundation, it's still got to take what the theme of this lesson is about. It's about submission. We never arrive at the place that we don't have to submit ourselves, especially to God and to the call of God and to the will of God. We never reach a place in a local assembly or in the work of God or in the kingdom of God so that we become the ruler. Because when that happens, we start the same pathway that the devil took a man that I, I want to lift myself up. I, I want to let my own will be done. And we're going to notice even with Jesus Christ here how he presented this submission, amen, in, in a lot of ways, in a way that would help us. What if we had true submission in America today? Why is it called law enforcement? <laughs> that guy that pulls up, it's got the little blue lights. He's got, a, he's got that 9 millimeter or whatever. Most of them's 9 millimeters. He's got other things just strapped onto him for, for, for what purpose? Now He'd rather probably walk up and say, okay, guys, break it up. Let's calm down. Let's solve this problem. I, I really don't want to take nobody to jail. I don't have to do the paperwork. I don't know. We can work this thing out. But if you get in his face, you pull a gun. <laughs> that's where the enforcement starts. <laughs> and that's where it can get out of hand quickly. You know, I mean, he can either tase you, slap you upside the head, or blow your brains out. I mean, he's got... <laughs> He's got a couple of choices he's got to make in just a matter of seconds. Y'all weren't expecting this, was you? But it's the lack of submission is the reason America's in the state that she's in now. The devil's been working on it a long time, amen, to work on that area. And so he, the devil realized that if I can get rebellion in the household, if I can start in the household, if I can pipe something into the household, if I can get a regular visitation on a daily basis and slowly but surely ingrain things and start putting things and spirits and driving forces behind this. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you, uh, I've, I've made this testimony before you know it never entered my mind as a child coming up even in my teenage to ever strike my mom or dad for any reason any purpose whatsoever but we're living in a different world and now they're being encouraged now but but if they could just see the spirits behind it you got to remember what the scripture taught us amen that we're not fighting against flesh and blood we're fighting against rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And uh, that's, that's, you know, we're not exempt from that even after the Holy Ghost and after we start walking for God. Got a good lesson today. By the help of the Lord, we hope to put some, maybe some thoughts and put some seed into our spirit and our hearts and minds because the devil wouldn't love nothing more a man to, to let even in Holy Ghost filled vessels to that ability to not to submit. Uh, most churches, the reason they split is because somebody uh, and wasn't willing to submit, wasn't willing to have submission. Amen. Uh, a lot of your arguments and battles and fusses. Amen. And, and some of those things is over things that don't amount to hill of beings when it's all said and done. When you look at all the damage that's done, all the heartaches done, and you look at the, the very core or the very beginning uh, that caused that started the, the initial uh, argument or fight amen it didn't mount a whole lot but yet here we are okay focus thought complete submission complete submission how many of you believe you're in complete submission I'm not looking up <laughs> praise God not as this earthen vessel I'm sorry that's Part of that fallen nature. 
I'd love to tell you, boy, you know, how many ever praise the Lord? Help me, help me be more submissive. Help me, God. You know, that may, you know in, my, in my own self, you know. You know, if, you know just, uh, since Jesus modeled submission to both earthly, if you didn't read your lesson, you're probably wondering, why did he say all that other? Here we are. I, I've, I've taught this. I believe this. I believe it's, I believe if you if, if an individual has a hard time to, you know, if you have, you know, when a guy gets behind you, a blue light's on, you always have a hard time to pull over. I feel you're not walking with God where you need to. I, I, if you have a hard time to obey the laws of the land, that's one reason I'm not big on some of this outlawing stuff and even hunting. And I know people can say, well, that's just laws of the land. Here we go. <laughs> We're earthen vessels being a testimony and witness of a greater kingdom. And if I can't submit myself unto earthly stuff, I really don't believe I can really submit myself into the heavenly things. I hope I don't, I hope I don't cross too many swords here today. We'll see. Anyway, so both earthly and heavenly Authority, we must also be in what submission to the authority in our lives. Man, Hebrew writer talks about that. Them that what's is the overseer of our souls to submit ourselves, to yield ourselves. Now, he's not talking about those that's walking in, in blindness that, that don't know. Uh, if, if they've never experienced it for themselves, if they don't know, then how can they so but the blind lead the blind? But revelation, truth, and uh, so... Here we go. I, I'm, Lord, help me. I don't have to jump on both sides of the fence trying to expound, explain, you know, everything, okay? Uh, you know. I know. We know. Amen. Where true submission where it needs to be. And watch this. Even at times if our government passes laws that's contrary, for instance, if they pass laws and say that because we make a stand and, and, and preach doctrines against lifestyles that altered lifestyles that's ungodly and holy and cause us, you know, call us to be hate crimes, that's not a hate crime. If anybody loves them, we do. And the, the authority and the law of God, the heavenly authority, rules and reigns over earthly authority. Whenever earthly authorities, amen, begins to try to push things upon us that's contrary to heavenly laws and commandments. Now, I do believe that we can cross earthly laws and heavenly laws. It's whenever we start going, amen, and driving by these places, amen, and start throwing bottles at them or blowing them away or things of this nature, then there we have done worse than what they've done. Okay, but I'll balance that out. Can that be good enough for the day, hopefully? So here we go. Luke 2, 51 and 52 is a focus verse. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. Unto them. Man, well, I thought just come in my brain, so I'm going to say this. <laughs> Praise God. We're living in a world today, and please, no offense if you're in this condition, situation, but probably not a family even in this church or in this community that's not, so, okay, uh, that you have to deal with, uh, with uh, uh, you know, with the idea, the opinion that, hey, you're not my dad. What I mean by that, because of stepmom, stepdads, and divorces, and things of this nature, and it's so whatever this day and time. Uh, you know, I, I remember when the loans first came here in, in such a long, she was offended a little bit because several of you asked her, all these kids, yours and Dan's? <laughs> they had six. 
And so it was a very uncommon thing, and I had to explain that to her. I said, hey, they didn't mean that offensive by no means, I promise you. I said, but look around your world. I said, how many families you know of that's got six kids from the same mom and dad? And when I said that, you could tell a little light come on, and she said, oh, okay. okay. So it helps us because of the society we're living in. So the point I'm fixing to make here, Jesus could have in a time that Joseph that was not in any of the scriptures would identify him as his father. Could have used that as an excuse not to obey him as an authority in his life. But we know he did. How do you know that? Because later on in the lesson, he helps us to understand that even Jesus, being God, manifested flesh that astounded the people. We're going to get to that at 12 years of age. But we know, amen, that he followed the trade as a carpenter. We also know by the scriptures that made it plain to us, especially the Hebrew writer, that even Jesus learned things by suffering. What I guess I'm trying to say, did Jesus have to learn anything by watching the example of Joseph of building a rocking chair? Swing set. He had to learn a trade. Believe it or not, it was mandatory under the Jewish laws, a man for every young boy to have a trade. It was mandatory. It wasn't an option. They was going to have a trade. Most of them followed in their father's trades, whatever it might have been. That's the reason many of you know, likens Jesus unto the carpenter's son. Amen. We're going to talk about that a little later on. And again, because see, uh, it depends on who the individual is and the position they hold. Uh, whether or not I'm going to submit myself unto them. This thing worked both ways, okay? Now watch this. Uh, it's amazing to me how many people... You know, if you want to go to, if you need brain surgery, you don't go to Walmart and go into the pharmacy there and, and look for a bottle of brain surgery. You don't go to the backside or you don't pull up to where they change oil for your automobile and say, I need brain surgery. No, but we're living in a world today that wants to tell the churches and ministers how to be saved and how they can be saved. They don't have to come to the church. They don't have to come to any spiritual leadership or, and, and things of that nature. But if you and I want to be a farmer, who would we, who, 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 whose house we pull up to? It wouldn't be mine. I don't own tractors. I don't have fields. I don't have cows. I don't plant corn. So why would you come to mine? I pull up to somebody who's got several you know, acres around. they got two or three barns, two or three tractors. And uh, they got a corn full in them. You pull up the cows, you know, looking good. I mean, they're not, <laughs> they don't look half dead. Uh, you know, buzzers are not out in the field waiting on the next one to die. <laughs> no, you, you, so same way, I'm going somewhere, watch this. Same way with people out in this world. If they really, whenever they, it finally dawns on them, hey, I got to be saved. I got to know God. And you know what? Prayers of a local assembly can cause that to happen. Praise God. As we submit ourselves unto the Father, the Father's will that all might be saved. So we start praying the will of the Father. Guess what? People out of our community is going to start being stirred and moved and woken up at midnight hour. Amen. And say, hey, I, I, I got to do something about it. I prayed somebody in particular this week that God would stir that individual's heart and help him to come to the realization that he needs God and he needs to be saved. Amen. That his goodness and his lifestyle alone is not going to get the job done. And God, you know how to stir him up. I don't, and apparently we can't do it. So God, we need you to do it. That could be a dangerous prayer, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Amen. Because, you know, I mean, when you look at the eternity of it and the outcome of it, uh, we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. The way I look at it. If he's in a lost condition, he needs to be stirred. Then that's what needs to happen. 
And so that's the same way with this. We need to be careful because we're going to notice something very strongly about this lesson today. And it can work even against us. Uh, if you, if uh, I remember my dad one time, he was a foreman at the shipyard. And um, he had a welder that his boss come and moved and didn't tell him. And uh, my dad, if you knew him, he's quiet. He was funny, easy going. But uh, anyway, when he finally found the welder and what had happened, the emergency phone call come in, he couldn't find his welder. And so it became a pretty good ordeal by the time he finally found him. He chewed that welder out, and that welder the whole time talked to him. He said, I don't care. He says, I don't care if the president of this company come move you. He said, you don't move. You tell him you got a boss, and that's me. And you tell him to come tell me, and I'll tell you to move. And he didn't stop with him. He went to his boss. He said, don't you ever move none of my, my welders again. He explained to him. He said, you're right. He said, Mr. Linton, you're right. He said, I'm not going to move no more of them. He said, Anyway, so what I'm, the point I'm trying to make here, amen, the, the, the place it comes from, it means something when we recognize that. Now, people struggle with that when they don't give recognition or submit themselves unto that because the first thing that most people that don't want to submit is, is who give you the authority? That's what the disciples were asked, the apostles asked, uh, who gave you authority to heal this man? And so as you look at this in the spiritual realm, you're constantly going to be buffeted and warred against of having the true liberty of God, the joy of God. That's the reason you and I, amen, almost every service we have to come in and we have to push and we have to pray back down and press our way back. Why? Because there is an adversary. There is a devil. Amen. And he's done everything as Brother Ford has done mentioned this morning. Amen. To sidetrack you, to, to, to get you somewhere else. You know, I told somebody we used to raise hogs when we kids and, 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 you know, they never got out to Sunday morning. I don't know what that deal was about. But, uh, you know, except, you know, Sunday, Sunday morning, we'd get a call about 6 o'clock, hey, the hogs are out. And so we'd have to go round them up and rush and do all that to get them in before Sunday school. And so, you know, things are happening on Sundays and Wednesday evenings, which normally, and that's nothing but amen, the adversary trying to work. And you know what? God will let the adversary work to just test us and see how we handle it. Amen. If we handle it right, guess what? The blessings are like better. It's what we submit ourselves to. We kind of look at some of that. It do some of us good sometime on some of those Wednesday afternoons and Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons. Just kind of smile at it and say, oh, Dad, we're going to do better than that. God, you're awesome. Hallelujah. You're great. And I'm still going to church. I'm going to submit myself to it. The odds is not with me. Amen. Says Jessica, good to see you this morning. God bless you. Had surgery. Amen. But she's here. She can't shout with us. She's not supposed to. But I guess if it comes, you shout. God will take care of it. Hallelujah. She won't be able to sing for how many service? Two? Now, they say impossibly up to a year, but we're praying, asking God to touch and heal and bless and thank God for the, it just all worked out so good. And amen. She was talking a lot better. I was actually surprised. And I walked in the room uh, after the surgery later that evening. She was talking to do it. And I was thinking, oh, you're talking a lot better than I thought you would be. But hey, that's God. That's God. But anyway, let's, let's go on. As we humble and yield ourselves unto uh, the, the Lord. Hey, and everybody, everybody, you know, uh, I've heard people tell me, I ain't going to do what you're telling. That's okay, but you're doing what somebody's telling you. You're bowing, you're submitting to a spirit of some form or some fashion. Good or bad, you, you, everybody's, everybody's got a master. Everybody's got something that's ruling in their lives and dictating their lives. And, and so now the, the, the beauty of this, you and I have the choice now. Amen. We don't have to have sin to be servants of sin. We don't have to let it master us and rule us. Now, a lot of people take that out of context or out of the wrong, uh, uh, what we mean by that. They, they won't look upon you and say, wow, so you think you're better than anybody else. You don't think you've never sinned. You don't think, we didn't say that. 
There's a difference, amen, in, in coming up short and dropping the ball and letting flesh get the best of you and things of that nature than being a servant to it. It rules and reigns and dominates and controls you. And it's your master, it's your taskmaster. There is a difference. God, hallelujah. So, so now we have an option. We got the Holy Ghost. We got Jesus Christ we can call on. We got a, a master that at one time as Gentiles, we didn't have this opportunity. Amen. We didn't have access to the promises. We didn't have access, amen, to find this law of another spirit. Amen. That can move within these vessels and move within this body that could come to comfort us and aid us and assist us and help us because we can't do this by ourselves. This journey is too great. I pray for some of you this morning. The journey is too great for you. But take that's the reason you come to the house of God and as you submit yourself to the house of God either struggle doing that sometimes is a great servant because of your obedience and you come God's going to bless you and God's going to show you favor and God's going to restore his goodness upon you and make the best of the deal and the best of the situation it may, may not be as awesome as somebody else but it's going to be better than some I'd much rather live as a pauper on this, in this world and live for God be in the will of God Accomplish what he wants us to accomplish. Because watch this. The scriptures taught us the first is going to be what? And the last is going to be first. Now, our world has taught us, even the good old United States, and the American dream is become self-independent, self-sufficient. We don't have to depend on nobody. They also pushed that spirit off into our ladies. Well, where'd this come out of the lesson? <laughs> and so, you know, we all got to find balance and places that, you know, where God's the, 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 the role. Amen. And uh, we had to be careful of that, man. Because if you read on, you know, we, we as servants and we got to die and we got to. Sometimes that dying's not too good. <laughs> we don't want to die. But anyway, here we are. Praise God. I didn't mean to get on all that, but. But as you watch the examples that's given to us in Luke, the second chapter, two beautiful examples, even before we get into the very course of this lesson, how willing they was willing. I mean, Simeon had done, got to the place, amen, he wanted to die. But a promise had been given to him that he wasn't until he saw what? Read, go back and read that. He saw salvation. Amen. That was none other but Jesus Christ. Jesus was going to be the Savior of the world. And, and so here we even watch not only the custom and the willingness of Joseph and Mary because we're living in another, another time, another spirit slipping into religion. Amen. They want is the least amount of religion. In other words, with the least amount of church so we can do what we want to do. We want to cut out our midweek services. We want to cut our Sunday services as short as we can. Amen. And possibly we can. We'll get here you know, at 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock and be out by 1, 1, 30. And that way that gives us a little more time in the morning time, a lot more time in the evening time. And so what are we submitting ourselves to? And so what you submit yourself to, that's what you're going to become. That's the reason we have taught and instructed people, amen, about certain things you put before you. And if you, you, you start submitting to that and giving to that and yielding to that, and, and that's one of the, the, the places you and I better be careful, amen, if you're going to fool with computers and you're going to be on com computers and you're going to be on the Internet. Those are the side places over there. Hallelujah. You'd be shocked what comes up in some of them. And you and I have got to be strong enough and circumcised in our heart enough. I'm not going there. I'm not fooling with that. I'm not going to participate in, in that. You know, submission gets right down even at times in certain conversations. Paul got it right down to a handshake. 
Amen. Don't you join hands with that one. Don't submit to that one. And Proverbs told us about, you know, that's, that's uh, uh, individuals, if they're spirit, if they're full of envy and mad and awe and wrath and all that. Hey, you better watch out. Don't join. Got to be careful there now. At that moment, time and setting, you got to be careful with all that. Why? It's all about submission, what we submit ourselves to. So, we got a long ways to go. We're going to do our best here to, to do what we can. He starts out the lesson talking about driving. Amen. How many of you ever seen the little signs, you know, where you're coming in and it says yielding? You got to yield. And the signs to you, but somebody's coming. But you know what? You feel like, hey, I got an extra 10 feet on. I believe I can beat them. <laughs> and so, you know, the writer talks about that, you know, that he talked about different drivers in different places and how everybody's willing to yield. And, you know, it's amazing to me a lot of times we go to places and, and you see, especially a trucker. How many has ever seen a trucker? You know, he turns that blinker on. I tell you what that trucker will do. I tell you what he'll do. <laughs> he won't go too far down that road, and if somebody don't yield to him, he'll make room. He'll just start moving that thing over. <laughs> I mean, he's bigger than you are. <laughs> but no, most of the time I try, and the main reason I do this, my brother, he was a truck driver, and I heard and listened to him one time. He talked about it, and, and he said, you know, and they are. He said most of them, they're, they're on a job. They're trying to go somewhere. So I try to respect them. I try to honor them. I try to, to you know, if that blinker comes on, I try to back off. I blink my lights at him. Hey, get on. Get over. You know, I don't want you to come over on me. I don't create a wreck here. So it's all about yielding. Uh, you know, people just really don't want to do that. I, I remember this has been a few years ago. I was working down at Van Cleve, and they probably may still have the problem down there. But uh, one particular time, we had a trucker come in. He got unloaded, and I was working inside the store. But you can see. And so, hey, he doesn't sit out there. Hey, he doesn't sit out there for, for a while. Nobody wouldn't stop for him. Nobody wouldn't stop. So I told somebody else in the store, I said, hey, watch the store. I walked right out that store, walked right out in the middle of that road. nothing but you know what I got him out <laughs> hallelujah so you know sometimes that's what law enforcement is all about it forces you to submit <laughs> but you know what we really want to have a, a spirit and an attitude to submit and have submission in our spirit and in our attitude because everything about the kingdom of God and working for the kingdom uh, you and I if we claim the Holy Ghost then everything we do every word every conversation how we dress the places we go the things that we're involved in in the local assembly or in an organization everything that we do should be directed and geared a man of true submission for the father's sake for the kingdom's sake for the gospel's sake amen and so sometimes with that call upon us we had to submit some some of our preferences some things that we prefer it have been this or preferred it have been that but the scriptures taught us amen it's better amen to what to prefer our brother to let it go this way or go that way amen i'm not talking about doctrines that's contrary to the word of god i'm talking about isms and schisms that don't mean nothing in the kingdom of God, amen, or the doctrine of God, but I'm talking about little bitty things that the devil's realize, amen, if I can just get a little, little disgruntled, amen, about the color of this or the color of that or the size of this or the size of that or who's going to sing and who's next going to sing, amen, that, that's the places I can begin to work on, amen, and working on them not to have a submission spirit. And we've created, I'm telling you, Hollywood has created and made heroes out of people does not submit. So again, you just see what's happening there, what's unfolded. Sometimes it just takes us a long time to recognize it. 
Even though Paul warned us, he said not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. I, I prayed this week, said, God help us. Help us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Let's recognize the snares and the traps. Amen. The things that's trying to lure us, even as a church or our, even as individuals. But, but we, would, we would be willing to submit ourselves and have true submission. And so as we watch this begin to unfold, Jesus became the, what, the ultimate example of, of willing submission. Of willing submission. And uh, so we're going to watch him here. And uh, began to unfold, begins to take place. And the, the feast, the feast. Um, they had been taught in Exodus, Deuteronomy. They'd been taught. Man, there was three major feasts that uh, they was called at 20 and up to come. Uh, this was still being practiced, amen. But uh, you're going to notice in the scriptures that not only because really uh, Mary didn't have to go. It wasn't required that she had to go. But she was willing. But she was willing and she went. And apparently others. The writer talks about, amen, that journey. How that it took, and I forgot exactly how long, but it was several days of, of journey, amen. I think three days of journey, about 80 miles for them to go, amen, to these feasts and to this particular Passover feast that took place. Took them three days. Man, if some of us took us three days to get to church. <laughs> Hallelujah. We might consider having one service a week if it took us three days to get here. But uh, it doesn't, thank God. And, you know, I thought about that when I read that and pondered that, to how blessed you and I are, amen, to get an automobile in just a few minutes. We can drive up here. We're not huffing and puffing. We didn't have to go out there and hook up a horse. We didn't have to do any of that. We didn't even have to get out in front of that truck and just <laughs> and hope, pray that crank. And, and then we had to hope, pray we had to gas. And, <laughs> no, you know, God's blessed us. God has blessed America. Mindedly has God blessed America. And, and so we, we, you know what? The people don't realize this a lot of times. The government don't realize this. Could, could it be because, amen, some God-fearing people in America's reason America is so blessed? Because America is so willing, amen, to steal, send this book all over the country, all over the world. Amen. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Because of our faithfulness in some areas like this that makes all the difference in the world. Even with people that maybe we don't agree totally in doctrine, but yet we believe in the book and we believe in a God. Amen. And so because of that, God's able to bless. And so we receive benefits from that. Amen. As God blesses us. And so we know that it was a practice that they would get involved or they would go. And even here, after being brought to this truth, Surely that can't be right. But anyway, uh, so as you watch this really begin to unfold and what begins to happen and take place, uh, you're going to notice some things, and because of that time, I will bypass a few things. Let me, let me make a few mentions, because I'm not totally, I, I'm not submitting myself to the writer here completely. Some of the way he wrote that about the parents and uh, uh, things of that nature, but but watch this. If you go back in the Old Testament, Psalms and different areas, uh, the, the caravan, they, they actually went as groups, whole groups, kinfolks, families, neighbors, and they would be a whole, whole, whole slew of them. They'd come and, and would be a part of this. And so if you read the Scriptures closely, even in the setting, you're going to realize that Joseph and Mary, it wasn't an odd or a strange thing for Jesus not to be walking direct with them for that first day. Okay? Now, also, you got to remember this. Jo both Joseph and Mary knew where Jesus came from. 
They knew that, hey, this is the Messiah now. Everything wasn't, you know, I, I don't know how everything went. I, I don't really know how I would, you know, <laughs> if I had to take Jesus home with me every day. <laughs> I mean, it just had to be different. <laughs> I'm going to whip you. Boy, what did I tell you? You know, uh, well, let me think about this a minute. Uh, now I'm going to take and remember who you are and where you came from and the dream that I had and who named you. Uh, it's it's going to be a little different now, okay? And so, but, but even here, uh, when Mary approached him, there are times mother's just going to be mother. I mean, it's just mother's instinct. And when they come back, they finally realize that he's gone and it takes them three days. Three days to find him. Now that first day journey out, I'm sure they didn't get up or leave that night coming back. I'm sure they had to wait because they didn't have probably proper lights and things of that nature. So the next morning they had to get up, make a day coming back in. And then it took them, you know, a day to find him. And the writer talks about different places that they might have thought he was at, different places he could have been at 12 years of age. But again, knowing what they knew, you know, some of that you just kind of had to kind of assume. Because I'm sure Jesus wasn't just the normal little boy. Okay. Now, now watch this. I believe also, though, that you just couldn't pick him out. That, that he, he, he performed himself or, or, or portrayed himself. I'm God in the flesh. You better not pick on me, boy. The bully may have picked on him. And Jesus just smiled and took it. Thinking if you just knew my father, hmm, you wouldn't do that. Hmm. Praise God. We don't know. In fact, only one writer, Luke, is the one, only one who gives us any insight. Amen. From the birth to the, the ministry of Jesus Christ, the 30 years of age. Luke. Now, Matthew writes in the second chapter. About the journey back into Egypt. But only Luke. Amen. Helps us. With this little scenario. About Jesus. And at 12 years of age. And so. We know that he goes back to this temple. And that's, this is where they find him. Many believe that in the temple. That there the place he went. Is a certain area. Where the Sanhedrin. And ones would set. And be a public place. And so they could come and question them. And they would give instructions of how to live. Instructions out supposedly the law. And how to live life. And how to deal with circumstances, situations. Many believe that was the area that Jesus at. Because there. Because not only did Jesus astound them. And you're going to notice that several times. If, if time allow me here this morning to go to a few, few areas toward the end of this thing. Um, that. Jesus astounded them even at the age of 12. So it wasn't that he could not. He could. And Isaiah prophesied about him and talked how that he would have the learned tongue. Even though they pondered and questioned, where did he receive this learning? And that's where they would stumble. And that's where they, they would be astounded and be beside themselves where did he get this learning from? Who is, who is this kid? And I could just imagine when Joseph and Mary come in, 
and, and you know, and maybe he walked up to him there and said, you know, Jesus, what are you doing? Do you know what grief you caused me and your father? And notice, Mary is the only one that relates or refers unto Joseph as his father. Mary does it right here in this setting. What kind of grief you caused us? What kind of anxiety? And, and, you know, in one sense, as parents, you could have said, well, I wouldn't have worried about him. My goodness, I'm Jesus. God manifests the flesh. But with that revelation, much more pressure of the responsibility. Just like a man, others in the Old Testament, when they got the news that they was going to birth the child and had to be under the Nazarene law. And then here they were, the responsibility. It's kind of like, you know, parents today that has, has children that's birthed to them with, with defects or with certain type of diabetes or things of that nature. And so they, they're, they've got to deal with that. It, it's not as normal. So they're, they're responsible. And so because of that responsibility, it can cause some sleepless nights. It can cause some extra expense. And, and so here, Jesus, amen, with even Joseph and Mary, knowing who he was and felt the responsibility to maybe, maybe to protect him to a certain degree and to, to, to the things that, that, you know, where he was going. I mean, they had received the prophecy and they understood, but, but when is all this going to transpire? And when is all this going to take place? And so this is the first, probably the first time now. Twelve years of age as they walked back into that tabernacle, back into the temple there. And she begins to question him, and she, he responds to her. And possibly this, this, that's the, what caused this response. If you go back and read that closely. Because Mary relates unto him, worrying your father. And he informs her, I'm about my father's business. Not being disrespectful at all. But helping to, because watch this. Not only did Mary ponder the things that were spoken to her by the angels, but you see it even here. After he makes this response to her, amen, she ponders. She, she holds us in her heart. She holds us in her mind. I just can't help believe, but, but these types of visitations and words that was given to her kept her for that day when the cross was going to come. You and I as parents, and I preached that one time, our response would be if we saw our son hanging on that cross, brutally beaten to the point place that you couldn't even recognize your own baby. And in our eyes, you know, he's bigger than I am, but we still consider him our baby. Somebody, somebody this week, it was Andrew, said something about something about it. And, he said something about, hey, I'm 18. I said, at 60, you're still a boy. I said, when you get my age, you'll see what I'm talking about. Just give yourself some time. I always clear myself up. I don't leave them hanging out there being a smart act to them, but I help them try to understand. When you get 60 and you look back, good Lord's will, amen, you'll look back, you'll, you'll understand. You'll get a little better understanding when you get there and look back. Amen. You know, I tell people all the time, they said, well, well I'm not old. I said, it's according to whose eyes you're looking at. <laughs> amen. It's according to who, you know. Anlin, everybody's old. <laughs> These little small ones running around here, everybody's old. I, I remember, you know, I've heard some people say, you know, they've been old all my life. 
Now they're in their 30s. <laughs> well, they weren't so old 30 years ago, but they was old in my eyes back then, and they're still old. They've been old all my life. And so as we watch some of this unfold and begin to take place, and as, as Mary and Joseph watch, as he humbles and submits himself, and that's the focus, amen, of this lesson here today. And those two focus verses, he, he what does he do? He, he subjects, he submits himself unto them. You don't see any place at any moment, any time. You know, what, what if, you know, they didn't show him any, any preferences, you know, when it got time to turn, you know, take out the garbage and Jesus is the oldest of the, and we're assuming at least nine in the family. Okay. Because if you go to some of the scriptures and, and time may not allow me to go into some of those. Let, let me touch on this. I know it's 1125 and I just got a few minutes here. But, but let me touch on what I'm trying to be saying about, uh, amen, positions and places and, and submitting to it. Watch, watch some of the problems people had with the man called Jesus Christ. Even though he was astounded in what he said and what he was doing. Watch what would happen sometimes at different uh, settings that would take place. And, and I didn't really mark these. Should have, but I didn't. Huh? And the Lord didn't want me to use it. That's a prayer request. <laughs> anyway, I had a fourth page somewhere. I lost it. I left it in the other. But it don't matter. It don't matter. I, I, I know what I'm talking about. Anyway, what happened? You can go, and almost all the writer talks about this. They, they, as Jesus begins with his ministry now, 30 years of age, and he begins to preach to them, and he goes into the temple, and he goes to the synagogue, and this was a practice. He'd done it often. He'd go into synagogues, and he would lighten to them, and they would be astounded. The scripture said it. Some was astounded. Some of them was, was blown away. But, but they would say this, but in Joseph, Judah, Joseph, and, and his sisters, aren't they? Isn't he just the carpenter's son? That's where you and I have sometimes have to be careful. <laughs> when God gets ready to use a vessel, it's got to be somebody's son. It's got to be somebody's daughter. It's got to be somebody's wife. It's got to be somebody's husband. It's got to be somebody's, somebody's, somebody's. Okay? And it may be one that you know. And it may be the very vessel that God uses to bring you a message. And the first thing the enemy's going to do and what Carnival is going to do, just who do they think they are? I used to change your diaper, boy. See what I'm saying? They struggled with that. They wouldn't believe him as the Messiah because they had watched him nail up their shingles. <laughs> they watched him bring in the furniture they'd made. I still got that old rocker we made. He made for us two, two years ago. Does he think he is? Now you can see how the enemy can work. That's the reason the scriptures taught us that we need to know his voice. And his word. And his spirit. Because watch this. There's something about the voice of God. The presence of God. When you can recognize his presence. I don't care what vessel it's coming through. We better sit up and take heed and hear it. Regardless of what you think about the vessel. Okay? We're making a difference. 
God's the one that sanctifies, justifies, and equips the vessel. But it's very important that we learn how to submit. I remember the statement they'd make at the shipyard one time. Back in those days. So you better be careful how you treat people. You may be working for them tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I, I can remember. There were some of them bosses. Some of them now. Hey, we, now, 90% of the bosses are good bosses, okay? Now, some of you may argue with that, but that's all right. But another 10%, I, I remember some of them, how they treated some of them young, young boys, especially the young 18-year-olds that come in there, and they didn't know nothing. Sometimes they wouldn't, honestly. And, uh, man, they'd, they'd, they'd just, anyway. <laughs> I remember one particular one. His son hired in. You know what the first thing that rascal done? He come to his boss. I know. <laughs> hey, that's my boy. I want you to take it easy on him. <laughs> you have the nerve to. To, to ask that after you've learnt I don't know how many young boys with that smart aleck mouth and way you got <laughs> I didn't mistreat him but I sure wanted to <laughs> Woo. but anyway I knew he'd find out his boy probably found out he said, you're dead good thing you ain't working in. see he wouldn't let him come in his department that's what the order done put him in his department under him what you ought to do. <laughs> anyway, anybody get anything out of the lesson today? Anybody willing to submit? Submission is not an easy thing. I'm going to tell you right now. It's one of the things you got to work on. It. And about the time you think you got to master it, <laughs> it's about the time you realize, you know what? I got to work on it some more. <laughs> Submission. Amen. Let's stand. I hope I've said something this morning to bless you, to encourage you. It's not an easy topic. It really, it's not. I hope you read the lesson. It went into more details. I didn't get to Philippians, the second chapter. I love to. Because it talks about Jesus Christ and the form of Jesus Christ who, who, who you know, considered himself as God, but equal with God, but he took on what? The form of a servant. Form of servant. We, that lesson we had just a few weeks ago, remember that? Having the heart of a servant. Nothing, no task is too small or too great for the servant's heart. If they see the need, they're willing to do it. Try to, try to do it. Try to get it done. Amen. That's the same way with him. Jesus never portrayed himself, amen, in the wrong fashion or wrong manner. Even though at times he could have. At times he could have called the 12 legions of angels down. But he didn't. That's the reason I preach and believe the battle was, was won in Gethsemane. When he submitted his will unto the Father's will. That's true submission. It's when we submit ourselves unto his will. God, if you'll show me your will, I'll do it. At whatever cost now. And let, let me say this. God's will is going to cost you. I don't care what anybody says. If it didn't cost you anything, it wasn't God's will. That's a strong statement right there. That's, that's stepping out there. But I'm telling you, uh, to walk in God's will, it's going to cost you. Sometimes it's going to cost you pride. It's going to cost you, you having it your way. How you thought it ought to be. What you would feel like would be fair. 
quiet, ain't it? <laughs> but when you know it's His will, what you and I can do is submit ourselves. Now watch this. Even when Jesus was doing this in Gethsemane, He couldn't even get that inner circle of God. Pray with Him one hour without going to sleep. But you know what? He didn't get so up. Submitted himself and went back to another hour of prayer and submitting himself unto the will of the Father. They some task and cause and responsibility. You're the vessel, you're the guy, and you're the one that's got to pay it. And he said, he should look around and say, Well, this is not doing, and they're not doing and that. We having the trouble right now. Boy, I'm fixing to be. <laughs> We're having trouble right now. You know why some apostolic churches are having trouble? Because some other supposing apostolic churches had just. And they say, well, they're doing it. They might be. But they didn't change this. Come out from among them and be separate. And if it was wrong 40 years ago, God didn't change his mind, and we know the book didn't change. So the best thing you and I can do is just stay with them old traditions. Submit ourselves to them. Some traditions we need to hold on to. They got a payday coming. It's all about submitting and submission. People that goes to heaven is going to enjoy the kingdom of God. It's going to be a people that has submitted themselves unto the Father's will. Let's pray. God, we love you. Appreciate you today. We're so thankful. That's just such a, a peace here today. And we, we thank you for that. God, I'm asking you just reach down in a special way in every vessel in this house. You help us. It's our passion. It's our desire as a church. Amen. To please you and to humble and yield and submit ourselves unto your will and to your call and to your election. To do things in a manner and a way that would give you honor and praise. That would cause your powers and authority to rule in our lives and hearts and souls. Help us to submit ourselves unto one another. Help us yield ourselves as vessels to encourage one another, lift up one another as a body. And all of that for the right purpose and reason. And that's to glorify the head. None other but our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We love you. We thank you for it. We give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.